0: I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish, and this is the I Love Marketing podcast. Hey, everybody! It's Dean Jackson
1: and Joe Polish and welcome to i love com. the the very best place that you can be right now no matter if you're driving or you're walking or you're sitting in a jacuzzi I guess and if Traveling you're in another in train <clears throat> yeah i mean there is you are at the right place right now and now is the right time. And this is not a setup for a multi-level pitch. This is actually the truth. All right. We have a very special guest with us today on this episode. um, I will confess he is a friend, a personal friend. He's an amazing Genius Network member, and he is a really sharp uh, entrepreneur who has uh, successfully started and sold three different uh, startups for many, many millions of dollars. His name is uh, Christian Cattaccini. Uh, he has over 20 years' experience leading startups and high-growth technology companies. He is also the co-founder of a fantastic company called HeroX, uh, HeroX.com. Uh, he started PCS, and he also serves as um, the chief executive officer of uh, of HeroX. Um, he founded a company called Absolute Software, which is a leader in uh, computer security and asset management, and after going public, Absolute uh, continues to grow and has diversified into... Uh, A solution for organizations to manage the massive uh, proliferation of internet devices. And then after Absolute Christian, sorry, we have to do a little editing here because I still got a cold. thanks to Christian when I was in Vancouver the other day. After Absolute, Christian uh, founded Make Technologies. Make enables organizational transformation through the modernization of its uh, clients' mission-critical software systems, and Make was sold to Dell uh, Computers in early 2012. And while remaining on the board of Make, uh, Christian left day-to-day activities to join uh, and co-founder Shannon Susco on a new startup, uh, Mm -hmm. SubServo, a... um, SaaS company targeted um, the post-2008 compliance and regulatory challenges faced by the banking sector, and SubServo was acquired 18 months afterwards. So, uh, Christian, did I butcher any of the names of any of these companies that you started or anything, or did, <laughs> that, did that sound semi-coherent? Just
2: Only a, a little bit, but it's all good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, st- I bumbled my way through it a bit, but uh, you, well, you're also an active uh, angel investor and you mentor a lot of startup entrepreneurs. And you're just you're just yeah. a really super smart, cool dude. So, for what I didn't say in the um, in the bios, like, how would you describe yourself? And then we'll jump into stuff that will be really relevant to uh, all of our uh, listeners of our podcast.
2: Well, th- thank you, Joe. Um, you know, I love startups. Like, you guys love marketing. Ah. I love startups. Um, I would I would happily work on startups for free. Um, and um, I just, I'm a wonk about best practices. I, I love seeing uh, people take an idea and create a business around it. I love seeing, you know, employees flourish and create careers around it. I love customers, you know, um, seeing new ways and new possibilities of how to um, make their businesses better. I, I just love that whole value creation process, and you know, I hope, I hope to work in startups until the day I die.
1: Well, awesome, awesome, yeah. And you, you know, I have to give a little background about what we're going to talk about today. There's so many different subjects that we could talk about that would be relevant to. You know, marketing, entrepreneurship, building and growing a company, managing your time, you know, hiring, you know, amazing people. And I think I've picked a couple of areas that we're, you know, we're going to ask you questions about that I think will be extremely relevant to our listeners and will get them to think about their. Companies, if they're a startup or they've been in business for many, many years and run a giant company. I mean, this—I think this will apply to uh, you know a lot of, of people that are that are entrepreneurs. And I was in Vancouver uh, last week, and I was mm-hmm. on a two-week trip in uh, in Canada. I went to Calgary, and then I went to, went to Victoria, and then I ended up in um, in Vancouver. And I spent a couple days uh, with you, and. Right before uh, you were nice enough to drive me to the uh, the airport in your your new Tesla, which is mm-hmm. a very cool car uh, we we had we had this really great insightful lunch I mean out of the entire time I was in Canada, I actually thought the time that I spent with you right before you know an hour before I was leaving the country was <laughs> one of the most insightful and valuable, and you talked about your core values. Uh, and we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about in a way that I've heard this before, but you just happened to say it in a way where it really resonated with me. And I think everyone on the line has heard that, but the, I, I swear I think the way that you have the perspective you have on this is, is, is critical. Now, before we get to that, you have a company called HeroX. And I want to talk about HeroX first, because this is the second thing that I think will be really beneficial to all of our listeners, which is incentivized competitions. I, for many, many years, um, Ran incentivized competitions. You worked and co-founded HeroX with you know Peter Diamandis, who you know created the X Prize, and so for people who have never heard of you, don't know uh, you know what you do, and uh, you talk about the company HeroX and and what it does, and we'll talk about that. And, and those are the two subjects we're going to talk about today: incentivized prizes, which what HeroX does, and then uh, your core values.
2: Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Yeah, so HeroX is really simple. We- we're creating a platform that lets people crowdsource um, pro- solutions to their problems, um, innovations that they need, um, breakthroughs that would you know, change the-, the-, the game for them, um, whether they're a company, an individual, or a nonprofit. Uh, we basically provide a platform. And then the main model is you use a prize to create the incentive, and then you just put out the guidelines out to the crowd um, saying this is what, uh, what we want to have solved, this is what we want to have accomplished, and the crowd is invited to solve your problem for you, and uh, whoever solves it wins and wins the prize money. It's really, really super simple. It, it's actually a really old idea mm. that's been used by governments and kings and emperors for hundreds of years. Um, and, you know, Peter has, has modernized it and brought it to, to, to leveraging the internet. And then at HeroX, we're distributing it and democratizing it to make it available for everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: And so Dean, I'm going to give you an opportunity because you, yeah. you don't say any very smart things. And so I want to try to, I've given you an outline <laughs> of things to, well, to talk about. It's the secret guy, puppets that would, uh, no, allow was, you uh,
0: to... it just was, um, but before I left to go up to uh, Toronto and London, I I was out at Mick uh, Nanton's house and saw his movie that he did about uh, about Peter. And yeah, one of the things Peter said in the movie was that when he heard about who's the guy that that did the cross Atlantic flight, um, Lindbergh. Lindbergh. When Lindbergh did. Yeah, when Charles Lindbergh did that flight, that he did it <laughs> um, and won a prize for for doing it, and that was sort of Peter saying his ins- or his uh, aha that gave him kind of the inspiration for the for the um, for the original X Prize. Pretty pretty interesting. So, what I'm interested in hearing is some of the stories of what kinds of things
2: people are getting solved on HeroX. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, let me go through some of them because we're we're really excited about um the 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 traction that we've got and in, in the marketplace. And we have over seven million dollars of prizes uh that we've launched on our platform. Um and um and we've got um you know over a million People um, that we have links to through social media and our website um, that we're, we're you know that are coming to solve these problems. So a couple of them that are really cool. So um, so one one is great is the um, Integra Gold Prize. So so Integra Gold is a gold company that is looking for um, new sources of gold, and they purchased an 80 year old defunct um, gold mine in Quebec. And um, and they're pretty the reason they purchased it was because they're pretty sure that there's a ton more gold there because it was mined out based upon the technology that was available 80 years ago. Okay, Mm. And so it was mined out. They believe there's way more gold. And they've so they've got all of this geological data, some of it old, like over 80 years, all this geological data. It's six terabytes of data. And so um, that's like almost an overwhelming task, And so they were looking at this, and they were saying, "You know what? Why don't we just put this data online, and we'll put a prize up, and let's let the crowd help us find the gold. So the prize and you can go to uh, Herox.com uh, and, and to see the prize the prize, basically, it's a million dollars is up for grabs, for, for somebody who can uh, help identify that gold. And we've had uh, already over 150 people register to participate. And, you know, what's likely going to happen here is they're going to start joining um, forces into teams to work together. And you're going to see, you know, uh, uh, a data scientist pair up with a geologist, pair up with a hacker, and they're going to join forces and they're going to figure out how to parse this data and how to look for the right stuff and you know, provide that data to Integra Gold and win a million dollars. It's pretty pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, can I mention this too, in case it's not crystal clear for anyone listening? So, to all our listeners, uh, there's twofold here. Here, here, there's a platform, just like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, is a platform for uh, crowdfunding, or Crowdfunder.com, or th- you know things like that, where we've you know interviewed. Uh, you know, I'm friends with the CEO of uh, one of the founders of. Uh, of uh Indiegogo, Slava, Ruben and also uh you know me and Dean recently did an interview with the uh you know founders of uh CrowdFund. Yeah. Yep. And those those are platforms for crowdfunding. Uh HeroX is a platform for incentivized, pri- incentivized prizes. And so if you for whatever your enterprise is, if you actually want to launch a contest for profit, nonprofit, uh anything, you can use utilize that platform. Uh, and if you want to win uh one of the prizes as a income opportunity as a innovation as a way to solve okay. something uh do that uh-huh. i mean you know we've had we've had calls with uh, tony robbins uh regarding the contest we're helping him with uh which part of it will include something with hero x and Part of it will include something with my Better Your Best model. Uh, we also have a prize that we're going to be launching with my friend Natalie Imbruglia, the, the singer, to help with uh, fistula, with women that have this condition called fistula, uh, because this is, a, this is a big problem that causes enormous amounts of suffering for a lot of uh, women and girls in in mostly uh, you know third world countries. And HeroX is a platform where that's going to be made available to help find a solution to this. And so I want all of the listeners to go check out HeroX because it will totally get your brain thinking about different ways to solve something. I mean, to go back – you know, Christian, I I mean, I can tell it. I've told this story, but I'd rather have you kind of share – some background, you know, you linked up with, with, with Peter Diamandis, uh, who's also uh-huh. a Genius Network member and, a, you know, a dear friend. Uh, you know, private space travel would not exist in the current, you know, form that it is had he not launched an incentivized prize and put up, uh, you know, money for that. So tell that uh, the brief version of that story for people that have not heard it before.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating story, and and as as Dean mentioned, Nick Nanton has done an amazing uh, documentary on it, which hopefully everybody will get to see soon. Called we're going to pre-
1: we're, we're going to preview that movie at our Genius Network annual event that we have coming yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, re- and I think the best part of that movie is I think I'm at the very end of it. That's why I say like two <laughs> yeah. seconds to me. I think that's the only reason people should watch that movie. But but um, so um, they can.
0: Yeah. That's just a hint. They can turn it off then, and they're not going to miss anything. Right, right. No, they're not going to miss <laughs> right. anything. If they, if right? <laughs>
1: no, but it's it's yeah, but it's 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 yeah. it's great. But this is all built around that wouldn't exist if had he not launched yeah. incentivized prizes. So I want people to really yeah. understand why this is important.
2: Yeah, and so what you know what happened? Peter has loved space since he was a, a boy, and his dream has always been to get to space. And you know, as of course we've all seen. Um, as the space race happened and NASA was launched and created and, and what's, what ended up happening was, uh, the governments had a monopoly on, on space. And so basically, unless you could qualify to become an astronaut, which is extremely hard to do, um, you, your chances of getting to space was zero. And so, um, he, while he was pursuing as an entrepreneur, different space-based ventures and doing all sorts of, of crazy things, he um He received a, a copy of uh, Charles Lindbergh's biography uh, from a friend of his. And much to his surprise, he found out, as Dean had mentioned, that Charles Lindbergh um, flew from from uh, New York to Paris nonstop for the first time ever um, to win a prize. So it was a twenty five thousand dollar prize run by an entrepreneur who was frustrated because he had businesses both in New York and Paris. He was frustrated by the fact that it took basically four days to cross the Atlantic on the fastest steamship you could get. And he knew planes were the future. And so he put up a $25,000 prize for that. And that opened up and accelerated um, the modern commercial um, uh, airline industry. And Charles Lindbergh, by the way, when he won the prize, he became the most famous American for about 10 years, um, Mm. you know, from having won that prize. And it was the eighth attempt. And another important point is that it was the eighth attempt um by different teams, and you know Charles Lindbergh had to design his own plane, customize it, and practice on it and And all of this was done to chase after a prize. There was no grants, there was no government funding, you know they, these were just people with a passion. It's really an amazing story, and so Peter heard about this, and he said, "You know, why can't I do the same thing for space?" So he came up with the idea of the original X Prize, which is a ten million dollar prize for the first private reusable spacecraft. And to just put that in perspective real quick, when he announced that prize, it was illegal to fly a private um, um, vehicle above a certain altitude. Like, it was full-on go-to-jail illegal. So he announced a prize to do something that that was you know technically impossible It was perceived to be technically impossible there was no market for it there was no investment sources and it was illegal you go to jail and so it's just a great example of the power of incentive competitions that all he did was he just put up and said i'm gonna pay ten million dollars to somebody who creates a reasonable spacecraft and then the whole world changed the government changed their rules the f a a created a new, a new certification Level for private spacecraft, there was a huge amount of of pressure put on the world. teams competed. The winning team, um, run by Burt Rutan, um, succeeded on their on their first attempt. And Richard Branson ended up buying that company and starting Virgin Galactic. And now there's a there's an entire um, sector of of entrepreneurs and startups that have received billions of dollars of financing to create uh, private space ventures. And it, they're going to do more um, in space than the governments have, have done. And we're going to be, ama- you know, 10, 15 years from now, we are going to be amazed at what we're doing in space as a, as, a, mm. as a society. All from a prize. Right, exactly.
0: So what do you think of that, Dean? Well, I think, you know, you think about all the things that are happening in space right now with you've got all the things that um, Elon Musk is doing on the, Uh you know, back end of that. You've got planetary resources, the plan to mine, asteroids. I mean, all of that stuff, one, it all comes back to all those trails kind of come right to right to Peter and the X-Prize and It's pretty amazing. Joe, you always use a quote that Napoleon said his whole life changed when he realized that a man would die for a blue
1: ribbon. Yeah, yeah, it's a great Napoleon quote for people to think about. I mean, it can be used in in useful ways or medieval ways is, you know, he had this quote where my life changed the day I realized a man would die for a blue ribbon. And when you can figure out what is so important for someone uh, or groups of people or communities, uh, culturally, uh, people will literally go to war uh, for something that is meaningful. And people will go to war to win. I mean, uh, imagine sporting events. If there were no prizes, imagine the Olympics, if there wasn't a gold medal, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't exist. I mean, it wouldn't exist in the form that it does. So there's, there's this built in part about human nature where they want to be, where they want to win. They where they want to compete. And when you yeah. put in the pressure of, see, see the beauty of it. If you just take, uh, Peter's X prize, where he put up $10 million, uh, for, uh, Spaceship One, to, you know, which was won by uh, a new Anasari, the Anasari family, they actually put up the ten million dollar prize, and it was called X Prize because he was trying to get a. Uh, a sponsor uh, someone to put up the money and in their name would have been in front of prize, but he it took so long for him to get the money and the backer that the x just stuck and it ended up becoming the name of x prize just the brand mm-hmm. just stuck uh um, but but he ended up putting up ten million dollars, which he didn't even have uh when he first yeah. announced the prize. Uh, but he, you know, he was such a believer in this that he was literally gambling that I'm going to pull this off. Which, of course, is one big belief in any entrepreneur: can you pull it off? And if you can't, yeah. you know, you crash and burn. So he put himself an incredible, you know, risk. Uh, but he believed that he could do it. And mm-hmm. what happened is he put up ten million dollars. But I believe, in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Christian, that uh, the the, the twenty six teams that originally entered to to win that, uh, I think they spent 120 something million trying to yeah. win $10 million. Collectively. Yeah. Right.
0: And the hours and the team members and all that stuff. Yeah, you're right. Marshall, yeah. all of those resources, like a 10 times, um, 10 times yeah. more resources for the, uh, for the prize. It's, you know, it, it, Christian. It, it's, it's, Interesting, like when you talk about things like, um, you know, space prizes and, and, you know, really complicated geology prizes, um, are there any examples that you can think of that are like, um, I don't know what the right word is, not not practical isn't the right word, but more like, um, you know, more, um, I don't know what the right word is, more sort of. Down to earth. There we go. Perfect.
2: Yeah. Well said. <laughs> yeah. 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 In fact, in fact, our the, like, I like, I love the large prizes on our platform. But I'm actually far more excited. And the reason we really started HeroX was not not to be a platform for million dollar prizes, but to right. be a platform for thousand dollar prizes. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: And and crowd funded prizes. Uh, where groups get together and, you know, maybe you only have $50. Like maybe, maybe you're upset about something and you want to get $50 away and you got kind of, you, know, um, you know, you know, a couple of choices. You can basically, you know, pick a charity and give your $50 that way. Um, mm-hmm. We hope to create a new, a new way, which is, Hey, well, why don't you, why don't you think about what breakthrough you're, you're committed to. And mm-hmm. if you can come up with a great breakthrough, and you can define what the guidelines would be, what the rules would be. Like, if somebody does this, I'll, they'll win my $50. It's, it's almost like you're, you're daring the world. I dare you, world, <laughs> to make this thing go away, and I'll pay you $50. Dollars. Well, that's, that's cool, but, but you know there's not a lot of leverage there. But, but if I go online and I talk to 10,000 other people on the Internet and say, here's my vision, here's the breakthrough I know we can, we can get, Um, And I'm putting $50 up, and I'm asking you to put $50 up. Well, all of a sudden, that's half a million dollars. Mm. Now you've got a half-million-dollar prize. And a half-million-dollar prize will attract hundreds of researchers, competitors, entrepreneurs, and inventors who will start working um, to solve that problem. So all of a sudden, you've taken one guy and $50, and and you've converted it into a movement. And I love that because this is what the Internet was really, you know, like this is what the Internet's for. It's why wait until the nonprofits or the governments uh, sort their shit out and solve problems. You know, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they're not the best at driving innovation. I mean, they do good work, um, but they're not the best at at finding those crazy breakthroughs. You know, when Charles Lindbergh did what he did, he was called the flying fool. He was ridiculed. Because, because people thought it was impossible. So you know, you're know you not seeing nonprofits funding projects based upon impossible, right? And yet that's where innovation comes from. And so we're creating a platform that lets people, whether you're one guy with a big check or whether you're at a company like, like the Integra Gold guys uh, that can write a big check, or whether you're an individual uh, who has the power of the crowd behind you, you know, we want to create a platform that disintermediates all that stuff and allows you to tap into the, the, the power of the crowd. It's, it's amazing. And so to answer your question, Dean, yeah, we've got like smaller $1,000 and $10,000 prizes that are doing some amazing things. Um, I've, I've got an uh, entrepreneur uh, friend of mine who's, who's um, you know, I talked to him and he's like, hey, can I, can I, I want to come up with a, a name for my product. You know, can I, and I was going to hire this like agency to help me come up with a name. And I'm like, well, why don't you just like, how much do you want to spend on a name? He goes, I don't know. I was, I, you know, it's pretty expensive to hire an agency. Well, I said, well, why don't you just put up a $10,000 prize on our platform and ask your customers and the crowd and your potential customers and say, Hey, here's what I'm building. I need a name. Um, so, you know, give me an, and then give, give me a name and Hey, why don't you vote for the w- winning name too? And the best name will win ten grand, so we 're doing stuff like that, which I think is 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 you know what I get really excited about is that that 's the crowd based stuff mm-hmm.
1: yep and i 'll be launching uh, i 'll be launching some contests related to addiction uh, that are on hero x, and the, the, what you just said is the whole point like you c- there are people that are listening to this right now that are spending a lot of money trying to get stuff done, created, figured out, written. Edited, uh, produced, manufactured, that are going to spend ten times the amount of money and get one tenth of the effectiveness if they uh, compared to if they could actually formulate the right sort of prize and put it out to people that would be interested in winning it or creating it or completing it or participating in it. And so that's, that's the whole point now. So what I'd like to to say is that this is this great company that Christian has built. And he's also, it's one of several companies that, that Christian has built. It's his current focus. It's probably something he's going to be doing for a very long time. And it Uh is, it is this really awesome platform that I'm a big supporter of and, turn a lot of people on to and i think all of our listeners uh would be very well served to go check it out to one see if you want to win any of the prizes because some people that are listening can probably win the prizes and make money uh Uh secondly um uh if you want for whatever your enterprise is by going there and looking at it and studying it and thinking about it you'll get a whole much different perspective about it. i mean hell i gave away you know cars every year for you know, over a decade um, for my Better Your Best contest. So I've got a whole contest model and we're integrating that into some of the training with X because there's entrepreneurial uh-huh. contests that, that I'm I'm a master at doing because I did it so successfully for so many years. You know, heck I was Bill Phillips's marketing consultant who did body for life contests in the late nineties as uh, when it first started. You know, the EA it actually was the EAS uh, physique transformation contest when it, which ended up becoming the body for life contest. And then he sold that company, you know, EAS, blah, blah, blah. But I've been around, you know, contests for damn near, uh, 20 years because my first introduction to them was in 1996. And so, you know I'm a huge believer in it. Now, how Christian has successfully built these organizations is because he has a set of values that guide uh, his company, and that's where I want to switch to next. Is is uh, first, you know, a, you know, ask you Christian, how do you think about values, and why is it so important for organizations to have them? Because what you have today is a byproduct of of this understanding, and that's where I'd like to. Focus uh, our time now uh, because I, I, you know, my lunch that I had with you when I was in Vancouver and you went through your core values just gave me a perspective about core values I've never had before. So,
2: bam. Great. Okay, great. Yeah, and so um, so we have we have a, a, a core values are, are written down in a chart, and you can go to herox.com/values to see it. Or I'm pretty sure you guys can put it in your show notes, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can do that.
2: Yeah, great. Yeah, great. So and so we've created these values, and, and this this all started from, you know, like this is my fourth startup, and um, and you know what I've learned over the that period of time is it's far more important um, to to as an entrepreneur to uh, empower. Uh, people and to have a, a, a group of people in a company that have a shared vision, um, that have shared passions, and um, rather than just managing and supervising and having to do items and goals and all that stuff. And so, you know, what we've hey, done... Darth Vader, can you put your uh, mask
0: on silence there, Jeff? You got heavy breathing going on here.
1: I'm breathing heavy? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, I'm telling you that, wow, well, uh, you uh, know, I'm just getting excited here.
2: I, yeah, I just thought you were getting, I thought he was just getting all excited about my values. I, <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I shouldn't be running on my treadmill desk while I'm doing a podcast <laughs> recording. <laughs> right? you know, that's, uh, I mean, you know, what the hell. Okay. You know, I this is this Mark's uh, special moment, and I love marketing oh, history, because this is the first time Deed's ever called me out on heavy breathing, because <laughs> usually I'll be like, Deed, shut the hell up, can you please? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, so, continue on. And by the way, if I get a little too noisy, just you guys feel free to just point it out publicly. I'm just, yeah, that. That was, don't don't this, send me a this, silent text or anything. Just say it. You know, just just say it.
2: Hey, <laughs> hey guys. This this is why I was so honored when you invited me onto your to I Love Marketing because half of half of the awesomeness of your podcast is the comic relief. Well, really no. Anyway. not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
1: tend to think of it as sheer professionalism. But yes, I totally hear what you you're saying. No, thank you.
2: You're welcome. Okay. So, so there, there's a, there's a great quote, um, that, um, that I use a lot, which is, which, and it's by this friend, I think it's by a French philosopher and it goes, basically it's, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood, assign them tasks and manage their work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. And Mm. That is a, as a, as a entrepreneur, you know, CEO, that's a very powerful quote because it really goes to the heart of the difference between people following their passions and people um, working their jobs. And if you want to create an amazing company, I don't want to be around people. I don't want to create a culture where we're managing tasks and work and people are here because of paychecks. And, you know, and all of that stuff. I want to create a, a, an army, a tribe of, of passionate uh, entrepreneurs and leaders and, and aspiring careerists who are turned on, who are jumping out of bed to, to tackle stuff and that we're winning and doing amazing things together. Um, and I'm learning from them and I've, and, and, and it's a company that great people are regularly coming to and saying, I heard about your company and I want to be part of it. And, you know, that's the environment that I think I would, I would argue that all of us would love, would love to create that environment, to be inspired by the people that you work with every day, um, to see them grow and flourish and develop. And so as an entrepreneur, you know, I ask the question, well, how do I do that? Because that's how that sounds all wonderful. But how do I actually do that? And what I've learned is it starts with creating an amazing culture. And an amazing culture starts with core values. And, and so what I've learned, I've learned a system of implementing core values in the company. And the, the sheet that you have, the, the, the HeroX core values that, that everybody hopefully is looking at right now, represents the output of that process. And we, as an organization, are deeply committed to this. Um, we, we hire people based upon our core values. And when people need, when we need to let people go, it's, it's based upon our core values. And we're really making our decisions uh, based upon that. Hey, and, look, can, um, can we... Well, well,
1: Go ahead. Well, I was going to keep going uh, after I you know, really interrupt you right here in the middle of what you're saying. Uh, what is the link? I mean, we'll have this at ilovemarketing.com uh, as part of the show notes, and we'll have a link there. But what is the link in case people are not there and they happen to be near an electronic device and they want to go look at it other than ilovemarketing.com? Where do you have it on HeroX?
2: HeroX.com slash values.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just want to have you say that again. slash. And by the way, what I'm doing for the show notes, I did, that was just my excuse since you said comic relief earlier since I didn't pay proper attention the first time you said it. I'm writing it down now so that I can give this this is a little backstage logistics to, you know, my editing person and you know all the the the, the highly engaged individuals that follow our core values at I Love Marketing, the ones that Dean has not written up uh, to actually put this online. <laughs> no, we actually, I have a great team over here. D, you know, i d just deals with my insults and then I try to make stuff happen. Um, but yeah, so if you're anywhere near where you want to go and look at these, cause I'm going to ask you in a moment, Christian, to, to go through them. Cause I think they're yeah. awesome.
2: So. Yeah, great. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to go through them in one sec. Um, I just, the last thing I want to say about it is in terms of the process is that, what matters about core values is that they're lived every day um, by the people. And, um, and what the, the pits, the, the trap that I see so many people fall into is they'll go into some type of off-site planning meeting and then they'll come up with what they think their values should be. Okay, I call them aspirational values, right? And aspirational values are about as powerful as, let's say, saying, I, you know, I want a hot body. Right? Well, saying I want a hot body doesn't make a hot body show up, right? Um, it doesn't even give you the behaviors that's going to get a hot body, okay? It doesn't do much of anything other than make you feel bad, right? So setting a goal of wanting a hot body without the, the, the infrastructure of supporting the achievement, the attainment of that is actually creating an anti-value because it's just going to make you feel bad. And core values, if you do implement them the same way, are just going to make your team feel bad, And you're going to have this nice set of core values framed on your wall, and it's not going to link up with reality. So what's really important with core values is that you're living them and that you're discovering them from the actions and the behaviors of the people. Um, And so so every quarter, every 90 days as a company, we would do in our planning processes, we would do a core values discovery exercise. And, and it was about, takes about 30 minutes every 90 days where we would look at the last 90 days and ask that question. What, when did you see somebody on the team do something awesome that you feel is a value? And, and then we would listen and somebody would say, Hey, listen, I saw, you know, I saw Joe, you know, he stepped up, you know, the deck didn't work and he stepped stepped up and, you know, and did this and did that and, and pulled it off and it, and it was really awesome. And that's, that's an action. That's a physical action. And that's how we discovered our core values. So over eight quarters, we started with post-it notes and our, you know, our first set of core values was just like a, just like a, a, a mishmash of random things. And then every time we did it, we would tweak and tune, tweak and tune. And after eight cycles, um here we are with this sheet, and what we what if you're looking at the sheet what you what we have is five fundamental core values, and each of them have five expressions that we particularly favor that we particularly celebrate and reward at the company that makes sense
1: to so, makes total sense are yeah. you lost at all dean are you are you, you, you no, no i'm engaged looking at
0: here. the uh no I'm looking at the sheet right here so well, we say at the top, hungry to learn and grow. That's the, that's the core value. Yes, and exactly. that these, everything to the right of this is how we can demonstrate those or how they actually exactly. manifest themselves. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah there, there are five expressions that we particularly care about. So we train mm-hmm. our, our people on those five expressions. They're not mm-hmm. the only expressions. There's an unlimited Mm -hmm. infinite realm of, of expressing that core value. But those are the five that we train people on is the way to think about it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so let me walk you through them real quick. Um, And so I'm particularly proud of them. I think that the, I'm really proud of the team and what we've accomplished here. Um, And, and I'm really proud of, 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 you know, the, of us expressing this and pushing it out in not, not only to our team, but out into our, Users and the crowd, and our customers, and sponsors, and mm-hmm. partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is hungry to learn and grow, and and the reason for that is because um, you know if you think about it, if if we have a group of people that are that are passionate about learning and growing, mm-hmm. then they can they can discover all the other core values. They're willing to learn and grow, so that's one of the reasons why that's the the first most important one, uh-huh. and then of course. Of course, at HeroX, we are we are creating, you know, a a, a platform. You know, we're creating a, a a marketplace for problem solving that doesn't exist. And of course, we have to learn. Our growth is linked to learning, because um, we have to learn how to create value for the world and, and how to make it work. You know, it's not about our ideas. It's about um, learning what the world needs and how to how to meet that need. So that's the first one. The second one. Uh, which is a big one, um, uh, one, uh, for those that have heard Dan Sullivan on, on your podcast, this is a big one for Dan, which is Mm -hmm. courage precedes growth. And this is one of my favorite ones because it's the rarest in corporate environments. Um, that if you think about it, if, if you have a group of people that are learning, learning and growing, then the next thing you're going to need, uh, in order to, you know, be successful and, 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 you know, grow your business is you need courage. Why? Because all growth comes from getting outside your comfort zone. You know, anybody who's learned uh, something new, a a language, learned to ski, you know, learned, learned marketing, they all know that it requires a lot of courage. So if you want to master something, you can't master it unless you're committed to courage. Right. So that's the second core value. The third one is, um, is, you know, ha- be happy and have fun. And, you know, the reason that's so important is, well, think about it. If you've got a bunch of people learning new stuff and they're encouraged all the time, you know, that could become a pretty toxic environment pretty quickly if you're not careful. And, um, you know, the, it's really important that we're constantly, um, you know, being positive and that we're attracting people with, with positive attitudes. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're always having fun in everything that we do. And we actually go out of our way to make um, things fun. We make our meetings fun. Like we do, we do good news as our first agenda item in every meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just start, start a meeting on a positive front by, you know, people can share what's going on in their lives, can share an awesome thing they did on the weekend, um, you know, or something great that happened at work. And so we, we make sure that we are, we are, you know, always having fun. Um, you know, my personal philosophy on that is that, you know, the, the journey is the destination and, you know, business and entrepreneurship is, is, is a game. It's a, you know, it's a somewhat serious game, but it's it's a game. It's not like, you know, it's not like life or death. And if you're not having fun doing it, then you're doing something wrong. My humble opinion.
1: Let me me say something to that, too, because I think this is critical. Like my buddy Dave Kekich, um, one of his credos is uh, enthusiasm covers many deficiencies. And I've always loved that because along the way, if you take the same individual with the same skills, the capability and intelligence, and one is grumpy and and bitchy and moody and uh, just – very critical versus the same person who's enthusiastic and, you know, fun and, and courteous and collaborative. It's just a hell of a lot more enjoyable to do what you need to do with that sort of personality. And when I am functioning at my best and people enjoy being around me is when I'm like really fun. And when I'm, you know, the most annoying or I'm tired or whatever, uh, it it just uh-huh. isn't, and so you know my whole thing about having health business something that's easy, lucrative, mm-hmm. and fun versus you know a half business, hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. Uh-huh. Um, you know it makes it makes all the difference in in the world. And when we were having uh, lunch, you actually mentioned about a very capable individual that you you know knew. But the person just simply yep. wasn't fun. They would always bring like just a attitude to uh, to meetings. And, yep. and you mentioned that the that meetings are about problems. I mean, we wouldn't be having meetings if there wasn't problems. And I thought that was just such a, a great distinction. Like, oh, we need to have a meeting. What you're really saying is that oh, we need to get together and talk about some problems because we have to yep. solve we have to solve shit here. We have to figure shit out. And how many companies would be having meetings? if there wasn't any problems or things that need to be solved. And so since we're all going to have continual problems to solve, solving them in as much of a fun game that you can design completely changes the experience of how you run and grow and build a company. And since everybody listening, if they're ever going to make any money, is going to be working in some sort of result-producing enterprise, you know, the the more you set it up so this is a game that, is you know best played when you're having fun. I mean that to me it's so obvious that I think a lot of people miss it.
2: Exactly. And I think look I could I could we could do a whole podcast just on fun. I think it's one of the most misunderstood core <laughs> values for exactly what you're talking about, which is like we we're like we're human beings. We are emotional, spiritual human beings. And you know, I would argue that half the time when you're choosing a, a product, like when you're looking at your options as a as a as a consumer, and you're choosing which you know travel agent to use or airline to fly or phone to buy, I would argue that the fun in it is a massive diff, um, um, factor in your decision. You're just not being honest with yourself. You know, you buy you buy a car because it's fun. You know, you you pick an airline because it's fun. I mean, I think, fun, um, I think fun is a competitive advantage. I think that if I want to create amazing experiences with partners, customers, and sponsors, yeah, well, let me, let me, let me summarize it. I mean, I, I think that fun is the most misunderstood value. I Not think so it's hugely bad. important. Yeah, I think it's hugely important. Um, and it's, you know, like, have you ever been in a grumpy mood and then you, you show up with a group of your friends and they're all having a great time? what happens? You're having a great time too. And have you ever done the opposite? Have you ever, you know, come home from work or whatever, and you bump into a grumpy person and they just start picking at you. And before you know it, you're in a terrible mood too. It's, it's an, we're human beings. It's an infectious thing. And if you create an environment where people are always having fun, they will work harder. They will be more loyal and they will attract amazing people. They will treat their customers really well. Um, Everything will, will, everything's better when people are having fun,
1: period. Yeah, I, I swear. I mean, I think what like a lot of people have told me about Genius Network is they're like, the reason I like your group is because it's just fun. I mean, I've heard that a million times because I'm, of course, kind of a goofball and a jackass and my office is <laughs> eccentric and weird and yeah. stuff, but people walk into my office and they're like, this, the energy of this place is just really cool because it's ridiculous. But it's like, if you're going to do work, I hate corporate environments that are stuffy and sterile. And everyone attempts to, like, you know, try to pretend to be at a level that human beings really aren't. You know, when they leave work, that's not who they are. And it's like, let's, you know, create an environment that is, you know, fun. I mean, it's awesome. And so, yeah, yeah, we we could do a whole episode on this. And maybe we will. Maybe we will in the future because I I love this. And I'd love, you know, people to give their comments about how they think about this. But, yeah, let's have you keep going through this because if not, then I'll,
2: you know, be here all day. Yeah. So doing it the easy way is another one. And, you know, that sounds so simple. And, and a lot of people have heard of kiss, you know, keep it super simple. Um, and, um, you know, I believe that if you're not making things easy, um, then it's impossible to create value in a, in a, in a entrepreneurial environment. You know, we need to be, be take, you know, if you, if somebody asks me, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Like the fundamental thing that I do as an entrepreneur, here's what I would say. I would say my job is, is to is to make the impossible possible, and then build a team around me that can make the possible easy and eventually effortless, mm. right? And that's what entrepreneurs. That's do. a nice we,
0: progression.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I don't have the attention span to to go from making it impossible to effortless. I need a team around me. I can make the impossible possible as an entrepreneur. Um and now I need to create a great team with capabilities and unique abilities that have the, the the wherewithal to see what I've done as an entrepreneur and now go and say, Okay, let's systemize this, let's create tools, let's communicate it properly, let's come up with a marketing plan, let's let's do all this stuff. And then their job is to is to make it from barely possible because anybody who's been in a startup knows that you know you you, you kind of you claw at winning your first client. Right, or building your first product, and it's like you—it's like you're in the realm of barely barely possible. And and then, but if you want to scale your business, it's got to become effortless. You know, anybody who's used Uber knows the power of effortlessness, right? You know, you—you know, finding a taxi, flagging it down, sitting in the stinky back with the bulletproof glass in front of your face. You know, being ch- mm-hmm. chatted at by the stupid um, screen with the advertisements, and then you've got to pay with your credit card, but the machine doesn't work, and then you got to tip the guy. You know, that's a hassle, right? Uber,
0: but it's kind of raised the bar for everything around it, hasn't it? Like I, I just exactly. posted, I just posted on on Facebook uh, a couple of days ago that the new the new Starbucks app has an order now. Section yeah. in the app, and you can place your order and send it to your your Starbucks, and then you just walk in like a boss and pick up your order at the pickup counter, skipping all the line, skipping paying everything like that. And it it just dawned on me that it had, I, I said, Starbucks has Uberized my coffee yeah. experience now, and and it's become a mm. verb. Really, I've heard other exactly. things. You know that you were trying to Uberize something because there's nothing as perfect as the Uber experience of pushing a button and a car arrives at your feet, and then you exactly. get in and go where you want to go and get out, and it's just that simple.
2: Exactly. And so yeah, what, 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 whatever, whatever. You make, whatever dude. When, when, <laughs> you make, when you make when you make when you make doing it the easy way a core value.
1: Yeah. You're
2: incentivizing Beautiful. everybody to do that at multiple levels of the company. Because I had a one of my one of my senior people came to me when we were in a in a growth hump and, and she you know, she was like, Okay, I've got the stuff done. I've got this all this stuff done and she'll know who she is when I share the story. And it was yes. hard. It was hard, and it's it, it was it was a struggle, and and I need you know hire people, I need hire a bunch of people because this is going to be hard and a struggle, and I looked at her and I said, you know you don't you, you know you don't get to do it that way, and she like mm-hmm. her pattern was interrupted, and she looked at me, she goes, what do you mean? I go, no, you, I'm not approving that plan. And she had a little plan with a budget and hiring plan and all that stuff. I said, I'm not approving that plan because it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Said, you need to go back and come back with a fun and an easy right? An easy um, w- version of this. And as soon as, she's, as soon as she thought through, okay, how can I make it fun and how can I do it the easy way, right? What's the easy way of doing this? You know, here, a, a crazy thing fa- happened. First off, she got really excited and empowered and started coming up with really creative ideas. We had to hire half the number of people that the original plan had, half the number of people. And, and the, the results of that project has exceeded our expectations. And the confidence level of the, co- the team has gone up. It's been great. Um, we reward laziness is one way to think about it. I mean, literally, like, yeah. if you want to really be committed to doing things the easy way, you've got to, re- like, you've got to really be committed to doing things the easy way. But it mm-hmm. turns out that la- the lazy path is actually usually the best path. Um, the path that doesn't require any work at all you know or you can just take a task like and ask a question like why do we even need to do this task? Why don't we just not do that task? Right. How can we how can we outsource it? So we provide an environment where we're really rewarding people to learn how to do things the easy way. And um and we do that we do that at multiple levels beyond the scope of what I could talk about today but you know we we don't track vacation time. Right? Everybody in the company has you know, as much vacation time as they want, they can take it when they want it. They don't have to report about it. Why? Because it's the easy way. Who, who the hell wants to track vacation? And why would we track vacation right. anyways? Right. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, when you have somebody who wants to take vacation, they're you know they need to delegate and systemize stuff. Like if we want to be able to have a company that's doing accomplishing its goals, and and somebody wants to take a month off, guess what? They're going to have to figure out how to systemize. They're going to have to figure out the easy way and mm-hmm. so you know it, it, that's what we do and then the the final um the final value which is which I, I think is the foundation of all of it is is to be humble and to be humble really is is about um is about love right because if you think about it like you know a lot of people in western cultures the word humble they they associate it with weakness in a way um or or being passive or, or um and it's not about that at all. It's it's really about, you know, knowing your place in the world and, and and having a worldview of wanting to bring out the best in other people and create value for other people, to share your celebrations and your 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 results, um and to and to live in love and not fear. You know. I mean I think everything mm-hmm. in the planet is either love or fear. Right? Like fundamentally, not to get all patchy feely in the podcast, but I think everything, if you drill down um, to anything, it either comes from love or fear. And so Mm -hmm. being humble and creating an environment where we celebrate um, our humility and we create a culture that's that's foundation is in humility and how we we celebrate rewards, how we fail, um, how we're willing to be wrong, how we're willing to admit that we're wrong. Um, how we're willing to, to let people talk and listen to them rather than waiting for them to stop talking so we can tell them what we think. You know, <laughs> that, that underlying culture is, is a really important and the fifth component of our core values.
0: Ooh. I could see how having these core values too and people fully ingrained and embracing them that it empowers them to make their own decisions or to, to, to figure out what to do in
1: any situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, well let's do, let, let's do this because of, uh, because of timing and, uh, because we happen to have a, another person that we're doing a podcast episode with right after you, which mm-hmm. you know is always challenging. Um, what are some of the mistakes that leaders make that everyone listening to this should watch out for when it comes to de- defining their values inside their, their company, their organization or whatever it is?
2: I'll give you one, because this is the most important one, and it's it's a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty profound one to really get, and and that's this. Every company, every organization already has 100% of their core values. There's no such thing. Even a company has never talked about core values ever once. Um, there's no such thing as as having 50% core values or 30% core values. Um, in fact, core values is just a corporate version of, of, of a culture. And if you go to like a little French farming village and see w- how they live, or you go to a town in, in Africa and see how they live, you're going to see the power of culture in human beings. We all live in 100% culture and we all live in 100% core values. It's just that if you don't intentionally focus and celebrate on a set of values that y- that you as a leader are amplifying and committed to, then the random behaviors, the bad habits even, of the, everybody around you and the leader, they're going to fill in the void. And so if I walk in any organization, um, they've got 100% core values. Um, and if they're not intentional about it, they're just going to be there. And so one of the big mistakes that, that people make is thinking that we can just you know you listen to a podcast like this or you read a book about it um, and you go okay core values are important yeah that's the next thing i got to bolt this onto my company and then you you sit down with your team in an offsite meeting and you come up with your core values and you post them on a wall and you t- you order people to want to want them um, we order <laughs> you to be, to be honest you know and and then mm. you just assume that that's enough but the but the reality is is that they already have 100% core values, so unless you have a, a systemic way of pouring out the crappy stuff from your glass and filling in the good stuff and just doing that over a long period of time, you know, unless you're hiring or firing based on core values, you know, uh, unless you're doing that stuff, unless you're, you're – like, like, by the way, I, I have – this on my wall in my desk, in my office. And every time I have a meeting, by the way, I also carry it around with me in my notebook. So I always I have it beside me all the time. And every meeting I have with my team, I look at it and I ask the question, did, did I see learning and growing? Did I see that in the meeting? Did I see courage? Were people happy? Did we have fun? You know, were we coming up with the easy way? Or were we, were, we, were we defaulting to hard and suffering? You know, were people being generous and humble. And if I don't see that happening in my meetings, it's a bad, it's a bad meeting. It's not acceptable. And so mm-hmm. you've got to have that practice of putting it into action and you've got to start identifying the core values or sorry, the values that have crept in uh, inadvertently from the bad habits of the leaders of the company and you have to identify those, call them up for what they are, apologize for them. Okay, I'll Like I'm as the leader of the company, I'm a source of a tremendous amount of patterning, which is also known as culture, right? So my bad habits become acceptable behavior um, to the rest of the team, and so I need to identify those and apologize for them and say, look, I'm I'm late a lot and I'm really sorry. Like, like that's that's arrogant for me to just run around not caring about your guys's time, and I acknowledge it. It's a it's a weakness of mine, and I'm sorry. And it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable for me. And it's not acceptable for you guys. And so by doing that, I've just eliminated the core, the, the value that would have been created otherwise called being laid around here is, is okay and being sloppy is okay. You know, that's a core, a core value called sloppiness. So just when you acknowledge that every company has 100% core values already, um, whether you like it or not, whether you're willing to acknowledge it or not, that's there that's the first step to being able to be intentional about designing new core values.
1: Yeah, yeah no, that, that that's fantastic. Um, if you had to give one or two action steps beyond what you've said that would help everyone that is listening to this have, um, you know, just more success, what, what would those action steps be? And then I'd like you to do a final, uh, you know, download of, if anyone wants to get involved with HeroX and start a incentivized yeah. prize, what do they need to do in order to do that? Because I want to make sure we cover that for all of our listeners. So uh, any, any other action steps that you would recommend?
2: yeah so I mean like i said it's a it's a involved process that um you know that I've kind of talked about bits and pieces of it i think at fun a fundamental level as it, you know to speak to the entrepreneurs and the leaders out there, and by the way, anyone can be an entrepreneur or a leader at any level of an organization okay leadership is 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 simply is the act of standing for a better future if you're willing to stand for a better future, you know as a mail clerk, you're a leader okay so if you're a leader and you, and you, you know, feel passionate about uh, creating a, a culture in your company that you care about, um, then, the, then you just need to observe and ask the question, what am I seeing that's creating value and that's awesome, and what am I seeing that sucks? And you need to get into a dialogue about that stuff. And it's not about, it's not about results. It's not about actions and tasks. It's about who people are being. It's about how people are thinking. It's about their behaviors. And that's really core values. And then you want to start celebrating um, those core values. You want to call people out um, and, and acknowledge them when they're doing uh, great core values, when they're doing great things, and, and acknowledge them for the way they're being, not for the result they produced. You know, Enron rewarded people for the results they produced. Ooh. You want to reward people for how they produce those results. And
1: that's how, uh, you're going to amplify your core values. Awesome. Awesome. Love Very it. cool. And I would recommend to all the listeners, if you really found this valuable, let us know. I mean, I'm happy to, um, you know, uh, track down Christian and, and elaborate on this. And I actually think it would be awesome for you to put together even to what degree you would be willing or able to do this, put together a, you know, even like a, Uh, book, course, program, training on Uh the the, the continual development of core values. I mean, you've given away so much useful value here, and I think if everyone just went and read your core values and then think about what you said, and, you know, like my my buddy Cameron Harold, who's also, you've met him, he's in Genius Network, Uh he wrote this great book called Double Double, and, you know, his vivid vision, which I'm working on the vivid vision of my company, it's chapter one of his book Double Double, which is a great book, and after having the conversation with you uh, originally, and and now this one uh, on core values, it, you know, all of that ties in together about the vivid vision of my company, my organization, and just living it out. Knowing that this is not something you just sit down one, one day and you you know you just put it on paper. I mean, you actually sure. have to live into it. And and your your line about uh, the leader being an enormous source of patterning. I mean, there's a lot of things that I have done in my own company that you know, or me just being Joe, but it's not very productive. I mean, it you know, being late is is an example. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. late more than I really I well, I don't ever want to be late. You know, there are certain situations where emergencies come up. Uh, however, yeah. you know, if if you if you don't acknowledge that, you become known as a person that can't be counted on and that can't be yeah. reliable. And so taking a look at your own shit. I mean, I'm I'm a very coachable person. I mean, at least I believe I am. And so I'm always looking to point at, you know, how are my patterns, because as that, that line says, the fish rots from the head down. And if someone mm-hmm. has an organization that isn't working well, or you can't keep good people or whatever, I mean, you can blame other people all day long, but, you know, it's like, make yourself responsible for it. I mean, be responsible mm-hmm. for your your company, your life is where it's at, because you designed it. I mean, it's you know, it has a lot more to do with you than than anyone. And so, um, Christian, with with HeroX, so people uh, have this amazing platform available to them. How do they get started with it? What what do they do?
2: Yeah. So, you know, like like we talked about, we have a, uh, a number of um, of prizes on the platform. So you should definitely come and check them out and see if there's one that you think you could compete for and win. Um, We are also looking for people who have ideas for prizes and so for challenges. And so if you have an idea, if you see a problem, um, come on, come on the site and create a challenge. Um, And we're, we're, we've got crowdfunding capability there already. So, you know, we're, we're working with people uh, who see challenges that they want to create. And, um, and uh, we're, you know, and we're also going to be launching some new, Um, collaboration features that I I can't talk about yet, but we're going to be announcing them in a little while. So come online, create an account, register, and there's going to be lots of really cool projects we're going to be uh, launching and announcing in the coming days.
1: Perfect, Perfect. And and for all of our listeners, give us your feedback and your comments on this. If you know someone who is, uh, literally has a problem they've been trying to solve and they have not been able to figure out how to do it or fund a company or whatever, uh, maybe the way to do it is through an incentivized prize. So introduce them to HeroX. Uh, if you, I'd love to hear your comments about the uh, the core value conversation with Christian, so post them at ilovemarketing.com and share this episode with uh, anyone in a company or organization that you think could uh, utilize this, because uh, it could be uh, transformational. And uh, let us know how you're utilizing uh, what it is that you're learning here. And you can subscribe to I Love Marketing so you get one of these episodes delivered to you on a regular basis. It'll be like... Uh, just every week you're going to be getting a new gift and uh, you can do that on (laughs) iTunes or you can can do it off of our site, wherever this podcast is available and anything else that either one of you would like to say before we call it a wrap. Christian, that was awesome. Thanks so much for sharing.
2: Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it.
1: You are welcome. So thank you. And thanks everyone for listening and we will talk to you on the next episode of ilovemarketing.com. Take care. Bye.